0: Shall we begin?
1: Let's begin now. This is Maya Moore, and you're listening to Dish & Twishon. Hi, everybody. This
0: is David Siegel welcoming you back to another edition of the Dish & Twishon podcast. And we're talking a mix of WNBA and NCAA basketball right now because we have the woman that is a mix of both WNBA and NCAA basketball right now, Indiana Fever and Vanderbilt Commodore head coach Stephanie White joins us again. Coach, welcome back to the podcast. How are you?
1: I'm great. Thanks for having me back.
0: It's always a pleasure to talk to you as the Olympic break is coming to a close now, that break was a break for some people, and I know you gave a little bit of vacation time to the pros, but I'm sure you were out hitting that recruiting trail, and how's that feel to be back on the road doing some recruiting, looking for your own program? It was good. It was a lot of
1: fun to be out on the road and really see... uh see some players and and see the way that things have changed and it's it's just like anything else you know i gotta get back in recruiting shape so the more the more i do it the more comfortable i'll feel but um but it was good it was a nice change pace for me and um and then it's sort of getting back into that grind you
0: know so so tell me you know everybody talks about how much it costs to buy the books for each of these there you know so (laughs) so was that the biggest it was sticker shock the biggest problem when you went out on the road
1: uh, I, I was forewarned about the sticker shock, so that uh, I was I was prepared for that. I have you know my staff is amazing, and so they are they already prepared me for that. I think the biggest the biggest shock is um, it's just like it is every every summer when you're getting back in this kind of it's like how how, how sore your your rear end gets sitting on the on the chairs and in the, in the bleachers and everything for for all day uh, all day every day. So I uh, it's just like when you start practice again, you know your back hurt, back hurts, your knees hurt. You just got to get back in practice shape. So. I'm just uh,
0: working my way back. Well, one thing that I know must be uh must be definitely improving and that, and that's the uh driving ability because you were telling me before that, you know, you're on your way back to heading back down to Tennessee right now for the weekend and it's about a 5-hour drive and you just make this on the weekend. Now that's dedication and love. Yeah, yeah. It's
1: supposed to be a little over 4 hours, but we know how summer construction works, so it's been about a five hour drive. And no, it's actually good. It gives me time to get on the phone and make phone calls. And, um, it's, it's, it's really the one time that I can sort of decompress as well. Um, you know, my mind runs a thousand miles an hour, but I can, I can, I can decompress a little bit on the road and get some music going and, uh, enjoy the ride.
0: And have good conversation like this one. So, of course, yeah, we, of course
1: we always course. want to be
0: a part of your road trips. <laughs> So, so tell me, you know, the whole thing about getting back to college at this point. Now you've had a chance. We had first talked when you had first accepted the job, and now you know the, the novelty wears off as you start to meet people and you start to press the flash and do the fundraisers and the coaches' events and all those things. But it seems like uh, everybody, everything that I've read, it seems like the honeymoon period is still going real strong, and that you know everybody's adjusting to you, and you're adjusting to college life pretty darn well.
1: Well, I think it's um, you know you, you really know what you're to expect. I think you know it's from from that standpoint of understanding what it's about. And to be honest, I, I think being a part of the WNBA has really helped me through the transition because you know we do a lot of the same things, and we're we're um, not necessarily fighting the same battles, but it's all about the same thing. And that we we want to get people focused on on women's sports, and you know I want to get people focused on. Vanderbilt women's basketball, and, and in order to do that, in order to grow the game, in order to grow our fan base, in order to grow, you know, the, the, the financial piece in terms of fundraising and all that stuff, you have to engage, and, um, and in the WNBA, that's the name of the game, is to engage with your fan base, to engage with the media, to engage people in your community, and I, and I think that hands-on fit that we have in the WNBA has really helped me transition um, to the head coaching role in the collegiate game, because those, those things are, are of value. And um those things are important and I enjoy that piece of it. So it, it it's a it's
0: a win win. Now one of the things of course right now we are wrapping up the Olympics and it has been a situation this year, much like it was in two thousand twelve where the women have really dominated the headlines in terms of success at both you know, the basketball team of course, but also in other sports as well. Now, is that something that now, as somebody trying to build women's sports and continue to grow and grow in college programs, uh, how do you use something like that to further help push the agenda of increased uh, information, knowledge, coverage of women's sports in college? I think the biggest
1: thing is um, it's opportunity. You know, there's opportunity for women to compete um, at the highest level in in, in multiple sports, um, and and women are given this opportunity in sports that we might not hear of all the time. You know, whether it be um, the young woman woman from West Virginia who won in the shooting competition, or whether it be you know boxing or wrestling or whatever it is. You know, we, we're sort of engaged um, and and in and insulated in the basketball world, but, but there are so many other opportunities um, for women nowadays to compete um, at the highest level. And, and, and I, I wish that it wasn't just once every four years um, that women in athletics were celebrated. And and unfortunately, it is. I mean, once every four years, we talk about women's gymnastics and women's fencing and women's basketball and women's volleyball and beach volleyball and all of these other sports, um, and, and, and we don't follow through with some of the media coverage throughout the year um, and year after year. And I think that that's where we're missing the boat, because we, we celebrate the accomplishments of all these incredible women and what they've done in their careers to put themselves in positions to be successful, and then we forget about it um, until the next Olympics comes. And so I feel like that's the biggest growth area for us is to continue to talk about it, continue to celebrate it, continue to understand that, that there are opportunities um, available and continue to challenge, um, encourage and empower young girls uh to compete and young girls to know that, that they can that their dreams can come true and, and that they that they can compete at that highest level. Um and so I, I hope that we continue to get more coverage. Um but, but we've seen it it's been a little bit of a cyclical thing.
0: No. Putting you a little bit on the spot on one of these things, you know, one of the things that has come out through a lot of this, not just with the women, has also been some of with the men, and of course, is some of the things that have been said and some of the you know less than stellar sportsmanship. Now you're now no longer just coaching adults with the fever; you're now with college kids too. Do you use some of the things like, say, a Hope Solo's comments? to say, hey, look, this is what you shouldn't be doing on social media, this is what you shouldn't be doing, you know, and try and teach lessons to to, to help them understand that, you know, there, there's a difference between being honest and being tactful and being a good loser and a source for it. Uh,
1: absolutely. I mean, and I don't think you we limit that to collegially. I think, you know, we use that example um, you know, with, with our figure players as well. I mean, you, you know, there, there's a there's a right, right, way and a wrong way to celebrate, and there's a right way and a wrong way to, to be disappointed when you lose. Um, and it's, you know, it's certainly when you, when you think about that, um, you think about how you handle yourself and who you're representing and respect for one another, respect for the sport, um, you know, you use those opportunities to teach lessons. And I, I think um, we can certainly um, see a lot of, of those lessons that need to be taught um, throughout the way that we handle success and failure.
0: Now, switching subjects now. I'm getting into a little bit into the WNBA and the fever and the rest of the season there in the Olympics. First, you know, I got to ask you. You know, you sit there and you. I'm sure you know you're such a basketball junkie. I'm sure you've been watching the games and stuff. And you know, has it surprised you? You know, I, I've felt a little bit sad watching Tamika be as much of a bench player as she has been in this. Uh, I know she takes any role, anytime, anywhere. She's that type of person. But, you know, it, it kind of reminds me that the season is drawing near, near its end, and, you know, we're going to miss out on such an unbelievable player soon.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, I think, um, you know, one of the, the, the greatest things about Tamika Catchings is that um, she's a team player, you know, and, and, and she's going to be ready when her number is called. And I think that you've seen her ability to impact games in small minutes. And, but, you know, that's what it takes at, at, at that level. You're playing with the best players in, in your country, um, and, and you're seeing an influx of, of, of new players um, with Brianna Stewart, with Elena DelaDon, who essentially played her same position. Um, and, and, yeah, it does make you think, okay, I've got ten more chances in the regular season to watch one of the greatest players of all time. Ten more games. That's all we're guaranteed. And and just to think about uh, her legacy and think about what she's accomplished and now where we are in in her career path, um, you know, it, it is a little bit um, bittersweet to think about. Um, and 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 really, I think more than anything, now I would just challenge the fans um, to, to understand that this is it. You know, you got ten more regular season games, and then you know, possibly playoffs. And and let's let's really um, embrace what she has meant to our game, what she has meant to our league, um, and celebrate that and and, and show our appreciation
0: for her. Well, thanks for really depressing me even more, Steph. I hadn't thought it was only 10 games, you know. Right, yeah. Now I'm I'm rooting for the fever to go on a championship run, you know, more than before. (laughs) Exactly.
1: Well, we appreciate
0: that. We'll always do that. Well, you know, which leads us also looking at your team now, Uh, remarkably, this – you know considering how the team has had some influx of youth and people changing and injuries and such like that she's still the leading scorer on the team even though she's playing less minutes now is that something you know the te- you went into the break on a hot spot on a hot streak which is always a bummer of course you know she could, she comes back she's going to be have played other people who have been rested you know is, is there but there's only the 10 games is there pressure to play her less play her more just let her let her tell you what her body feels. You know, how, how do you plan on handling that when you get back?
1: Uh, for me, I plan on handling it in efficiency. You know, based on the minutes that she does play. You know, it's 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 right now, and and we've seen her play a little bit more minutes I think over the last two games um, than maybe even before. For me, it's 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 how efficient we can get our team to be in the minutes, um, and for her to be in the minutes that she's on the floor. I think when you, uh, whether it be fatigue or whether it be, um, you know, different situation, substitution patterns, whatever it may be, uh, we, have to, we have to be the most efficient possible. And so I'm not going to necessarily log minutes. Um, there's no reason to. Uh, but I want to make sure that, that when she's out there, she's fresh. When she's out there, she's able to be efficient. And when she's out there, she's continuing to do the things that help impact our team in a positive way. Um, much more than I am just every time out checking her minutes.
0: You know, now, there's an, the other person that I want to ask about specifically with the Olympics is, is of course, that Chunwa's been playing for Canada. Now, I was, I've been a little bit surprised and, and trying to figure out, and I don't know if you can or if you can even answer this. You know, you guys really had to keep her minutes down. I know that you would have given her more had she been able to handle it. Now, she goes out there for Team Canada and she's getting big minutes and playing a lot. You know, where, where is the line between, you know, what you feel you have to do with her or what she feels she has to do? Yeah, how do you, how do you handle that one? And, how, you know, and have you been sitting there kind of scratching your head a little bit about what she's been able to give them for minutes versus what she was able to give you for minutes?
1: No, not really scratching my head. I mean, I think, you know, you see that she has the potential to really impact ballgames. I think it's been more about what the people that have been playing in front of her have been able to do. I mean, Lynette Kaiser has been – Putting up career best numbers. Um, you know, Erlena Larkin is is always solid and has been, you know, offensively playing at a higher level than she's ever played at. Um, you know, with with the, with the, uh, with the trade and Deborah Peters now having more experience, championship experience. Um, and Samika, you know, these, these are the people that are ahead of her right now in the rotation. And so, you know, I think finding a way to, to be able to, um, to get her in the ball game has been tough because everybody has been playing very well, and I think um, you know for me it's, it's about rotations, it's about efficiency, and fitness, it's about what you're doing, you know when you when, when we're on the floor, and it just became hard to get her into the rotation. And so, you know, fortunately for her, um, she was able to get a lot of minutes and able to get some get some um, some some reps and and, and confidence, and, and you know hopefully she's going to come back and she's gonna she's gonna really challenge to get back into that rotation. It's difficult to play you know eleven players and. And, um, you know, I feel like her and, and, and Jeanette Polin and, um, you know, the players who haven't been getting as many minutes have been amazing because they've been great team players, they've been encouraging one another, and they've been challenging every day in practice, and that's that's important as well.
0: So it's been more about the, the, the games of the other players and the practices of the other players than it has been about her knee or injury time or anything like that.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it, it changes. It looks I mean, early it was injury, and it's trying to get back into shape, and it's trying to, you know, get back into uh, to, to game rhythm, and, and, and then players, you know, just tend to separate themselves at times throughout the season, and it's not always the same players, and it's not always the same amount of time throughout the season, but you know, it's just it, it's very difficult at times if you're out of the rotation to get yourself back in, um, to, to be able to, you got to be able to make immediate impacts in short periods of time, and. She hasn't had that opportunity yet, and when she comes back and gets back into practice flow, and, you know, with Devereaux having her her surgery and coming back and getting back into it as well, it's it's a new opportunity for her.
0: Well, one thing that you did mention that I definitely want to talk about is the increased uh, performance of Lynetta Kaiser in the last, especially in the last few games. You know, she's double figures in each of the last half dozen games, I believe, or so, uh, and has just been a real force, you know, on both ends of the court. She's really, you know, stepped up her game and, you know, it's clear that the confidence that you've shown her is impacting, uh, her ability to play.
1: Yeah, she's been terrific. Tom. Huh? you know, there, there's never really been a question about what Kaiser can bring offensively. Um, the challenge for her has always been to consistently bring that defensive energy, the defensive execution, the rebounding, the basketball piece um, and, and, and bring it consistently, and, and that's been the challenge, and what I've challenged her to do. And she's really stepped up and risen to the occasion. You know, she's taken advantage of her minutes. Um, she's been able to impact the game on both ends of the floor, um, and she's always been ready when her number was called. You know, early in the season, it was, you know, kind of a a, a, a push pull with trying to, to figure out rotation wise between her and and, and Natalie and, um, and 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 Kaiser. Just just really. To another level, and, and, and that's what
0: it takes. And she's been really, really good for us at a time when we've needed to have a consistent third scorer. And she has definitely been been a force, uh, as you mentioned. The offensive game has been great, and of course, you know the other one. M- one of my favorite players to watch in the league that always gives it to me, you know, is Brian January. And Brian's been, you know, she missed the first few games. She played herself back into shape. She's got to be one of those people, though, you look and you know, her and Larkins with their history, it's got to be nice to have had that Olympic break to let them rest the body a little bit.
1: Oh, no question. You know, and then they play one way, and that's hard. It's incredibly competitive, hard, tough-nosed basketball. And, yeah, for them to be able to get some rest um, and, and, and you know, continue to, to get some reps but be able to balance that um, has been really, really key. You know, I think it's even surprised me a little bit how quickly Bree has come back from her surgery and uh and how effective that she was able to be and you know we, we understood that we needed to um teach her into game action early in the season and then with the understanding of hey we're gonna have some time over Olympic break to let her rest and recover and really re re rejuvenate her and Larkins as well. And it's been good for them both and you know it's it's been fun to watch um Markins especially you know, really blo- start to blossom on the offensive end of the floor. And and it, it's uh, it's it's just really, really cool when you're a coach to, to watch the growth of your players and to see how much better year in and year out they get. And, and, and I'm just very fortunate to be able to have this crew that continues to, to grow and continues to improve. You
0: know, Tiffany Mitchell came out like gangbusters at the start of the season. People, I don't think, knew what to expect from her. And then she sort of – she seemed like she hit a little bit of a wall. And, uh, her minutes went down a little bit and her, her situations went down, changed. And she started to get a little less, uh, key minutes as catchings in January and Wheeler stepped up. Uh, so, so where do you, where do you stand now with the rook, with the time off? That must have been another one that gave her a chance to get a little bit, a little bit of a rest after the NCAA season, a little bit of, uh, get her sea legs back and hopefully, uh, she'll give you some big minutes down the stretch.
1: Yeah, you know, I think um for every rookie, you, you sort of hit that wall a little bit when you've been playing all college season. You come right into the WNBA, and so now you're playing teams for the second, third time, and they figure out what their strengths are, and they start to take you away from that. You know, plus, um and, uh, Shanice Johnson was injured off and on, and Dick was able to get her minutes as well. And then when and Shanice came back and started playing – a little bit more and getting back into game shape and getting back into rhythm, you know, Tiff were affected by that as well, as, as you mentioned, as Wheeler. So, you know, I think it's, um, as a rookie, it's sort of an ever-evolving um, process to be able to, to, to figure out how to make an impact. The thing about Tiff is that, you know, she's a gamer, and then they they they, they didn't call, you know, to call on her in the fourth quarter of, of games and down the stretch for nothing because she, she, she can handle those moments. And she has proven time and time again that she wants and embraces those moments. So, and she's ready on the defensive end of the floor. I, I think that her minutes are going to continue to to uh, to be impactful. Um, you know, depending upon who's hot, who's not, how the rotation's going. You know, it's hard to put a, a number on on her minutes, but at the same time, you know, we're, we're, we're ten games in, and every game's going to be a battle, and we have to leave it out there on the floor. I expect everybody to come ready to play and be ready when their number's called. And she's done that all all season long for us.
0: Well, on that note, let's talk quickly before we wrap things up about the playoffs. The new structure changes things considerably. Of course, right now you're sitting in fifth place. You're you're half a game behind Atlanta, for, and, but you know you're also uh, you're, you're only four games ahead of uh, Connecticut, who is down to at the very bottom. Uh, so, so what do you do now? Do you, you you're, seem like you want? Obviously, you want to make the top eight. Do you try to get up to four you want to get that obviously or or just realizing that you know maybe hosting that one game in terms at the five position in terms of minutes and you know rest and getting people in, or you know do you treat, have to treat each game as a must win now, how do you look at that because you also have a real hard schedule the rest of the year yeah, you know I think for
1: us we just have to I think every game has to be a playoff game for us. Um, because you're right, everybody's sort of lost him with the exception of the top three. Everybody else is lost him, which we've typically seen in the Eastern Conference race anyways. Um, you know, so, so for us, it, we just have to be about the game that's in front of us. The game that we're about to play has to be the most important game on our schedule, and then we can move on to the, to the next game. And we have to value um, and understand the urgency of every moment, of every position. It's going to be a dogfight. Um, everybody's fighting for their lives. Everybody's fighting for playoff positions. Would it be in an ideal situation to get that fourth seed and not have to play in round one? Absolutely. But we can't look so far for the, uh, ahead to the fourth seed that, that we forget to take care of business and, you know, not get one of the top eight seeds. So I think we have to look at the game in front of us as the most important game on our schedule. We have to play every game as if, as if it's a playoff game, and we have to leave it all on the line.
0: Well, Coach, you know, uh, let's, let's get your eyes back on the road. and. and... Drive safely on that route down to be, to Commodoreville. And we will see you very soon back in the WNBA as the season resumes. And then not too long after that, it will be on to the college season. And, hey, this time you're like the kids that uh, come out of the NCAA into the draft. You have no break this time.
1: No break. That's
0: right. We'll keep it rolling. Well, uh, you know, for some reason I think you got that energy level. I uh, have to chase all the kids around to uh, be able to handle that.
1: No question.
0: <laughs> Coach, thanks again for taking time. Good luck the rest of the way, and enjoy the rest of, you know, we only get you in the WNBA for ten more games, too, and that sucks, too.
1: Well, thank you, David. I appreciate it.
0: We'll talk again soon.
1: All right. thanks.